and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hey guys, and welcome to another week of TV My Husband Hates. Regan, how you doing? I'm good, I'm good. It is, you know, mid-January already. <laughs> Thank God. The quicker we get out of this winter, the better. It is brass monkeys here right yeah, now. Here too. I'm, I'm so over cold weather. Like, it's not even funny. No, it's, it was, you know, it's that kind of wind where it bites your fingers yeah. and you just want to, I just, and now I can't get warm. Right. And I'm whinging and I'm walking around the house with like a rug over my shoulders, <laughs> like some old <laughs> dementia patient. And Jimmy's just rolling his eyes every time. It's just not good for anybody. No. Bring on the summer. That's what I say. Yeah. Well, your cold is so much different too, because it's a wet cold. Like, I know this may sound ridiculous, but here it's a dry cold. So like, as long as you're layered up, if it's not windy, you're pretty fine. And inside you're fine. But that wet cold that just gets into your bones and chills you from the inside, like a fucking Dementor from the Harry Potter series. Not fun. Well, and everybody knows that my actual heart is a block of ice. So it doesn't (laughs) help that either. Um, But yeah, I mean, what can I say? Yeah. Uh, So we've got five shows this week. No mini no minisodes this week. I feel like we put out 75 billion podcasts last week. It feels week. like we have. I think I've, I was looking at it and it was like, there's like a new episode out every couple of days. So we've, we've had a busy couple of days, but um, it's been fun. We've had, it has been fun. And I, if you haven't, just a little heads up, guys, if you haven't had a chance to listen to our um, episode with Mira, then please go ahead and listen to it because it was really cool. And actually Jimmy, who is my husband and the producer, does all the editing and stuff. He was like, guys, that... He said that that show was really good. I was like, okay. That's mini So we're going to try and put in some more guests. Yes. And if you guys out there are doing something that kicks ass and you want to talk about a show, like send us an email. Like we are open. Or if you know somebody who's doing badass things and also loves reality TV, let us know who they are and uh, we'll get in touch with them because I like having a guest. I think that's a fun way to do our show. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you'd probably have to be able to get to London or Denver, um, I mean, we. I think unless you way. have your own podcasting yeah. equipment at home, yes, there, there is, there are ways, uh, but yeah. But either way, we're excited to hear from you. So if you, if you know of anybody, or you are somebody that wants to be a guest and you've got something ace to talk about, uh, let us know. But this week we've got five shows. So without further ado, let's get on with what let's we came here for. Let's get it on. Let's get it on. You are welcome. Right. So we're going to start with, uh, as ever, the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Yes, yes. They're still in Toronto. We actually finally get to see the parade. <laughs> I feel like I've been waiting <laughs> no, ages the for The one thing parade. we all came for. Exactly. We pick up where we left off with yeah. Dennis and Portia. Now, what do you think about Dennis's Bold move, Reagan. So I think I look at it in two ways. One, you could look at it as a romantic gesture, which I typically don't look at it as. I kind of look at it as forcing her hand. <laughs> like she has been very vocal about wanting to like take things slow and doing all this. And he like 
jumps right in and kind of puts her on the spot, like, and reproposes to her. And it's not like she can say no in front of all of Tanya's Canadian family, her friends, the fucking live, you know, or the recording people. Like, you can't, you can't just shoot him down in public, especially if this is something eventually you want to get to. But I felt like he kind of forced her hand. The only thing I liked about it was that he fucked off right afterwards and didn't ruin the rest of her trip. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I feel like Dennis... excuse me, sorry. I feel like Dennis is all about the flashy and I feel like this was a show for him. It was, I think he could have done it on a much more personal level that could have had the same impact that didn't put her in a very awkward situation. So I'm I'm not sold on the Dennis move and I I was surprised that Portia kind of went along with it so willingly and even in interviews and things, there really wasn't any reflection that sort of said... I feel like it's a bit soon or anything right. like that. So I don't know. Time will tell, but I was, I didn't buy it Yeah, at all. I did write down that I have to admit that I liked his honesty in front of her friends because I feel like that's something she's really wanted from him to like kind of stand up and say that he fucked up. Like they obviously all know, but it's like, she, I think she even pointed out it's the first time that those words have come from his mouth that he made that he fucked up. Yeah, I mean, I was sort of with Cynthia on this. He didn't say, I'm really sorry I fucked up and I cheated and I nearly lost my whole family. He said, I've been kind of selfish. Yeah. And I was sort of with Cynthia. She's like, selfish and cheating are not quite the same things. But baby steps, I can give credit where credit's due. Right. I'm not great at owning my shit, so I can always applaud anybody who can stand up and own their shit. Um, But yeah, I still don't like him. And I think she could do better. It's my final conclusion. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's really ever going to change. No. Um, And then Snakegate. I mean, we've we've really tried avoiding it for the last um, however long it's been going on. It feels like eternity. Um, But I think we're going to have to cover it a little bit because it it took up so much of the show. Yeah, it really did. I mean, I'm still of the thought process that I don't really care about it. Um, which I don't know if that's where I should be. Um, well, no, I guess maybe let me re- rephrase. I think if I was in that group, I would give a shit if somebody was recording me from their phone and being shady. I, I would give a shit about that. But now the story has changed. So the story is now that there's audio, which could fucking mean a shitload of things of Cynthia talking about her and that it did come from Yovana. So again, I don't know, does this mean that Yovana actually recorded her talking or did Yovana find a blog where Cynthia was talking about Nini and forwarded it to Nini? Like, I don't know what the fuck it all means. So I don't really know what to care about. Nobody knows Nobody knows what the fuck it all means. And frankly, I could probably spend an hour trying to figure it out, but I would rather spend an hour poking hot needles into my eyeballs. Like, it's just, it, it, it's gone from Nini saying somebody recorded her saying awful things to, oh, well, maybe it's just a bit of audio that happened to get caught on some kind of filmed conversation that yeah. isn't being used. And Yovana's just told Nini about it, which is like, absolutely not the same thing not but also nini's not owning up to this shit like she's all she has to do is go yovana's told me that this is what you said and it was recorded so don't deny it like that's it move on cynthia would have owned it cynthia's been saying the same thing on blogs up and down the fucking country right i don't she's been saying it on camera herself in interviews i don't think i, I think nini has done this just to be 
messy. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I think Yovana is messy as well. So we asked everybody what they thought of Yovana and... Connie Vidilun from Instagram said she can't be trusted. Danielle Schiff said, eh. Uh, not so smug now said thirsty. Smithy2602 says pointless. Um, Zin's Girl One says she's a shady and a wannabe. Adventures of Amanda AV says she's thirsty for the limelight and she just needs to go. And I'm 100% on board with all of I these agree. comments. Like, I'm just, I don't know what she brings to the table other than being a messy bitch. Yeah. And she's not even that, me- like, she's, she's, she's boring. She's, there's messy. nothing clever about her. There's right. nothing smart about her. There's, there's nothing sassy. It's just dull searching for the limelight all the time. And I have, there's literally nothing about her that I have any interest in. Yeah. I mean, so seven, the quicker she can go, the better. Right. 74% of our people, guess that she was the snake. 26% said that they didn't. So it'd be interesting to see, you know, who you 26% thought would have done the recording. My money would probably be on Marlo. I think she was the other front runner. Um, I think somebody brought up Tanya, but I couldn't see that. So that's how we feel about Yovana. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, frankly, I can't even remember where it left off. I know Nini did a quick exit. I don't know if we, I mean, I think I just, as soon as I hear any conversation about it now, I think I sort of vague out a bit because I, just well it kind of precipitated really a massive fight right and then like kenya gets into yeah. it and you know because let's see i'm trying to take back so at first yovana says something really shitty to portia about dennis like that portia yeah. shouldn't worry about snake gate she needs to worry about what's going on in her own life with fuck you bitch like she went back to the fucking the animals thing as well yeah like, and so on. that kicked off a fight and then that calmed down and then Marlo and Cynthia got into it where Cynthia told Marlo, like it just became like, it was really hard to follow. <laughs> it just became like, it was really hard to follow everyone fighting. It was just a fucking mess of weaves everywhere. And I had no boob. idea what was going on. Nini coming in with and her Nini's tits out. Boobs <laughs> with her tits out. And then she's being held back against a wall and Porsche's and I am, I'm so lost that yeah. I, I don't know who recorded who. I don't know who gives a shit about who. I don't know who's friends with who anymore. And I don't know who's fighting or why. But either way, um, it was very dramatic. It was very dramatic and entertaining. But I feel a bit like, and I, well, and I put this on, um, on Instagram, like, I feel a bit like Nini had sort of been given the harsh word and was like, come on, like, you're either in it or you're not. I felt like she had to go in there and earn her paycheck. So she came in, like, all hot and bothered. But I, we've been saying it all season, Nini needs to shit or get off the pot. You're either in it and holding your peach or you're out of it and you're a friend. Right. No, I totally agree. She needs to make a decision or Bravo needs to make a decision. And I don't know what that will be. Yeah, I wonder, because there's always in every franchise, there's like one particular personality that that I guess to a certain extent, Bravo, know that in an ideal world they need. Nini is that personality. Yeah. You know, Leanne's that personality in Dallas. You've got Teresa in, Jersey. in New Jersey. Yeah. They know they need them, but you wonder how far they have to go before they go, do you know what, enough's enough, you're not that important. Right. Well, I mean, I would have argued that Lisa Vanderpump was one of those people on Beverly Hills. And I mean, I know, she, I think yeah. she left on her own volition, but, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Vicky on the OC anyway, was demoted, so, you know, it can happen. Yeah, I think if they become difficult with production as well, I think yeah. that's got to be a problem. Totally. Um and then obviously it ended, this episode of Atlanta ended with Kenya being 
uh, messy again. And I really had a problem with how she dealt yeah. with this. What about you? Uh, 100%. I just feel like if she has this knowledge, which by the way, isn't confirmed. Like, right. We didn't hear that he was shagging somebody. We heard that she, he talked to her all night and asked for a number. Is the cookie girl, heard, which the cookie quite, lady. Which isn't, that he wanted to get into her cookie jar, yeah. which isn't quite the same thing. No. But anyway, so rather than sit down with Candy and Cynthia, who happened to be there at the time and say, what do you think I should do? Right. You know, do you think I should talk to Tanya or, you know, like a normal balanced person like would. She decides to put like this cat amongst the pigeons and go, so what would you do in my situation if I found out that one of your husbands was cheating? Would you tell them? Would you want to know? It's so I mean, messy. that's just bullshit. It's so messy. It's so fucking shady. I mean, you and I talked about this in like the pre-meeting. Like if you're sitting around that table, you're probably like, oh fuck, like did my husband cheat on me? And like, yeah, like, yeah, I'd like you to tell me something. I think we're all friends. I would assume that friends would tell each other if that happened. I mean, I damn well want you to tell me. I think you'd want me to tell you. I would definitely tell you. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, of course. But it would be a phone call, but I wouldn't want you some to messy-ass lunch would... confession. <laughs> right, I wouldn't want you to do it around a table with eight other women there. I'd want you to, like... No, especially... Give me a glass of Pinot Grigio, sit me down and say, babe, it's not going to be a great conversation, yeah. but we're going to have to have it while we're on our own. Right, I'm not going to be doing it if you are hosting a trip for, like, eight people... And, like, dealing with all the stress of that, I'm not going to tell you in some fucking pussy-ass, like, passive-aggressive bullshit sort of way, which is also, 100% what she did. And also I really felt for Tanya because it really set her up in a way that she doesn't even know. Like, right. it, it, it's mortifying for her. She's sitting there so sure and certain, being so clear about the fact that Paul would never do that to her. And, of course, that right. is who we're talking about. And I just think... That's mean because she's going to feel like shit when she watches that back. Yeah, I think Kenya just wants everybody to be unhappy right now because she fucking is. Like, she doesn't know how to handle her own life, so she wants everyone to be pissed off. I think that's why she's still Cynthia's moment. I think that's why she's fucking saying this bullshit about Tanya. Like, just come on. Yeah, if she can't be happy, if she can't be happy, nobody can. And that just, it's just a dark way to live. But I think she's going to cause quite a lot of damage. Um, so in my kind of voyeuristic way, I'm quite excited to see that. Yeah. We put it out to, uh, Instagram, um, whether we not, whether or not people thought Kenya did it out of concern or to be messy and 91% said it was to be messy. 9% said out of concern. Oh. So I don't know if people hit the wrong button or haven't met Kenya more before. I Maybe they're just really sweet, kind, naive people yeah. that think she genuinely was doing it out of the goodness of her heart. Yeah. Or maybe they're just idiots. Anyway, um, Below Deck, should we move on? Yes, let's move on to Below Deck. As ever, my favorite show of our lineup at the moment. Yeah, I, w- I, I would agree with that. Um, so we open up with uh, Captain Lee keeping Riley, regardless of what all the deckhands decided to say about her. And 87% of our people agreed with him. 13% said he shouldn't have done it, but... I agree with Captain Lee. They don't have very many charters to go, and Ashton needs to learn how to be a fucking manager. Like, that's what this all comes down to. Like, Riley is a third deckhand. Yeah. He has to be able to manage a third deckhand. And she's not bad at her job. Like, her reactions no. aren't great. And But that's just one part of her. And if Ashton was a good manager, he would recognize her strengths, which are, she she's a workhorse, man. Like, she gets up, she does yeah. the job, she does it really well. And he's not doing that. And I was really impressed that Captain Lee 
and I guess it's because he's the stud of the sea, but also full yeah. of experience. But he could just, he gauged it, he got it. Even though he doesn't see what we see and he, like, he could right. still read between the lines. He could still see what was going on. Um, and I think that's what makes a great manager. He didn't make the decision that was like, oh, just get rid no. of her. He was like, no, right. it's not the right decision for the boat. And I think that's what Ashton's missing. He's not thinking about the boat. He's not thinking about the team. He's no. not thinking about the guests or their experience. He's just thinking about how much he hates Riley. Absolutely. I mean, 78% of our listeners agree with us that he does not know how to manage. 22% said he did. I think he knows how to manage dudes like himself, but that's not really managing. Like, you yeah. have to be able to manage. Like, it's just like teaching. Like, you have to teach the most difficult kid in the classroom, not the fucking easy kid that's going to do all your shit anyways. Like, you got to reach that hard kid. And that's what management is about, too. Like, you have to be able to manage the toughest person on the boat. And if you can't, then you're not doing your job. No, and Captain Lee opinion. agrees. He was back on his blog this week. He missed it last week, but Excellent. he's back. And he says, Ashton, you told all of the crew to prep themselves for Riley and demeaned her from Jump Street and then can't understand why she isn't responding to you as you think she should. I'm not defending her issues. He's so fair. But you didn't yeah. manage her. You ostracized her and totally alienated her so you could prove your point, which proved to be wrong. She tried to have a conversation with you and you never listened to a word she said to you. You were busy formulating your response without ever hearing what she had to say. Very dismissive, dismissive, dismissive of you. Easy for me to say. You, sir, have a long way to go. I hope you get there. Yeah, because, I mean, it's ultimately, I mean, most bosuns want to be captains one day. And, like, yeah. there's no way in hell you could captain a ship in the mindset that Ashton's in right now. No. And to be honest, having read his blog in general, it's very clear that Captain Lee's disappointed with the deck crew as a whole. Riley, he's a right. little Riley, he's a little more uh, understanding of. He says, I realize what you've been through. I empathize with you. You didn't get a fair shot but I do stand by my former comments. It's not what is thrown at you. It's how you react to it is what you will be remembered for and what you will learn from that experience. You got dealt bad, you got dealt bad cards, but you could have played the hand better. Absolutely. I mean, that's exactly what we've been saying. Like, Captain Lee, you need to follow us. Like, we are on your page. My Man, friends. you and we are literally the same people, but also how great would it be to have Captain Lee's phone number so that when shit came up in your life, you'd be like, hey, <laughs> Captain Lee, help me. Like, I just need this. I need some help. What's your advice? Because you know that he'd get it right every time. 100%. I wonder if that's what Kate does. I, I could see I, Kate and Captain sure. Lee having that relationship. Yeah. But also, can we talk about Captain Lee's angry face? Remember when he's like topless and angry and shuts those doors? Yeah. I have never, ever loved him more. No, I can't so wait to fierce. see the next episode to like see what happens. Oh. I mean, he's definitely a man you don't want to piss off. Like he's lovely and he's lovely to watch and he's making great decisions. But like, I think if you fucking cross him, that is not a position you want to be in. I mean, I don't think he holds grudges. I think he gets over things. But like, I would have pissed my pants like in that <laughs> yeah. moment if he looked at me that way and like shut the door. And not just because I've had two kids and have a weak pelvic floor. <laughs> it just Although that doesn't help. That does not help, especially when drinking, but. <laughs> <sighs> oh, bladder. They never tell you what having kids will do to your bladder and to your soul no. and to your stomach and to your brain. They never tell you that no. shit. The pelvic floor thing is the one that bothers me most. So ladies, if you haven't had kids out there, tone that public f pelvic floor before that you public have kids floor? and work on it after. Your public floor. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, by the time you've had kids, it's a pretty public floor. Everybody's seen it, is, it by that point. It's a public space. 
it's a public yeah. forum where everybody gets to comment on it and see it and live that life. <laughs> yeah. You have to do, you, you, when you have kids, you got to let go of, of your, your vagina, basically, in more yes. ways than one. Um, so, yes, uh, Captain Lee has kept Riley and they are now forced to play out the rest of the season together. And Absolutely. Because we're kind of coming in to, like, a night out, right? Like, the previous people have just left. Riley is now staying, so everybody goes out. And we see um, Tanner and Kate set up a little rendezvous that doesn't actually happen. It just, you know what? I just, <laughs> I love Kate. I mean, don't get me wrong. She's, she's kind of a bitch, but I have to respect her for the job that she does. Absolutely. And the, like, there is something about her that I love. Like Captain Leo, I wouldn't want to get on the wrong side of her. Yeah. But I've got to say... I'm I'm disappointed in her, like of all the, of Tanner. Like I just, Kate could go into. I just don't know. I just don't get it, and I don't even think he's good. And I, I just, oh no, I can't. It's not. It makes me uncomfortable. Honestly, like just looking at the boat, who else could she fuck around with on that boat? It's not going to be Ashton. It's definitely not going to be Kevin. It's not going to be Brian because he's messing around with Courtney. Like. Pickings are pretty slim for her at the moment. And I think it's been a hard season and she's just like, fuck it. Why not? Like, I just need to get laid. Like, I'm not going to have his babies. I I don't even really want to like have, like, we're not going to be cuddling. We're not going to be doing any of this. Like, I feel like it's a purely needs-based situation. However, I would argue that you can always pack something to take care of those needs in that little bunk. That would be much more satisfying and less tricky and complicated. I just think she's, I frankly think she's had a lucky escape. His neediness is embarrassing. He's like, so are we going to organize yeah. this hookup? It's like, no, like that's not be a sexy. Dude, like be smooth. No. On. Should we get out our planners and put a date in a diary for when we're fucking? Like, we're not married. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Listen, if you're already having to schedule in sex when it's like just a hookup, this is not a good sign. Um, no. No, I, it, it, he just, I think it's because he, it came off as quite embarrassing and needy and it all felt a bit icky. And I just think she's had yeah. a very lucky escape. And I'm with you just bust out the vibrator and have an afternoon wank like just have an afternoon wank just do that so much better so much more far less messy less likely to get simone all fucking hysterical i think a safe afternoon wank is the way to deal with this kate you've only got six days left she's got like six days left absolutely and for my possible past experience if a guy gets too drunk to fuck it's not going to be a satisfying hookup anyways. No. It's just not. And there's always a moment. If you miss the moment, it's done. You're not going to recreate that. But you know what? Tanner's going to really try. That's what I feel like. I Tanner's know. going to it's really going to try so to recreate it. And I just, <laughs> it's so awkward. And I feel like I really hope Kate doesn't do it now because I just, yeah. I, it, the whole thing's tainted. It's too much. The moment has passed. Absolutely. <laughs> the moment. Um, has but passed. we do see the arrival. Of Alexis Bellino on the boat bum, bum, as well. Bum. I know. Here she is. I love these little crossovers that we get. I've been watching Me Summer too. House, so we've got crossovers with Vanderpump Rules there and this yeah. little crossover with Alexis Bellino, who um, absolutely isn't trying too hard to tell everybody how in love she is with this guy. 
Oh my gosh. The most awkward, cringy moment is watching somebody, (laughs) massive PDA making out, telling someone that they love him and hearing crickets. Little Thai crickets who don't give a fuck. And he doesn't say it back, so... Oh, it was so awkward, but it was just like slurp, like slurping oh, as they snogged, yeah. and then, and then like I love you, and then just silence, and and Kate just not hit. Like, do you know what I mean? Everybody over- overseeing it. It yeah. was just the most awkward thing in the world. Um, and she's trying to ninety-seven. Hard. Yeah, ninety-seven percent of our followers agree with us. Ninety-seven percent say she's trying too hard, and three percent says she's in love. I mean, that's that's got to be one of the highest percentages yeah. that we've ever had on a poll, other than like a hundred, like a full uh, blowout. Yeah, uh, I think th- I'm surprised that there's three percent, but we'll see. Yeah, it could have been I a mean, thumb slip. It could have been Alexis Bellino. It could. It probably was her just. But it was it was majorly away. awkward, and just made my ovaries cringe. It did. My sphincter is still releasing itself slowly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, again, obviously we had. Uh, it, what I felt was interesting in this was that obviously we had a few relationships. We had the Tanner Kate thing. We had a lot of stuff between Brian and Courtney as well. And Brian, I think. Yes. Brian's like he's an anomaly to me because out of the crew. There's an element of yeah. him that I think is actually quite like he's quite a stand up guy in some respects, but mm-hmm. it's not stand up enough to overcome like the group mentality, you know, and I think no. he can't he's not going to stand up against them and say this isn't right. But the way that he treats Courtney um, is just you can't just write that on a text. They've been together for like what? six weeks and then he's like yeah but we're just having fun aren't we we're just having fun yeah like this is a converse this is like a conversation for like day two like what what are we doing like or whatever but also they're like six feet away from each other at the time like he's texting her and they're six feet away like just go and knock on her fucking door and like have a conversation with her i love how he's like i don't want everyone to know our business like dude you're on a fucking reality tv show you are on a TV show. Everybody's uh, going to know your fucking business. Like, come the fuck on. And by Have the way, conversation. Like, all she's doing is talking to her girlfriend. Like, you've just dumped her by right. text, essentially, is what's just happened. And she's saying to her yeah. mate, this is what happened. She's not, Courtney's not a gossip. Courtney's not out to get you. Courtney's no. genuinely gutted. Hurt. Gutted. Because yeah. she really held back. And she really, and he really proved to her that he was into it. She right. went into it. And now he's like, oh, we're just having fun. You're such a dick. Yeah, 71% of our followers agree that Brian was leading Courtney on. Like, there was no talk about casualness or just having fun. Like, he was really trying to get in there. I mean, dates are involved. No sex dates were involved. I mean, like, come on. Like, this was not a hookup. Um, No, and in fact, go on. Go ahead. And then when we asked if everybody thought that the text was bullshit, 84% agreed with us and 16% did not. So quite a few, like, there's some questions that I think are clean cut. Like, was that text yeah. bullshit? I'm like, 100% that text. Was yes. like it's, <laughs> I don't yeah. really understand 16% who think that's okay. Uh, maybe it was Brian. Maybe. Um, obviously, Captain Lee agrees with us. He says, Brian, you criticized Courtney for telling Kate while she was out sorts, but you freely discuss all of the details with your bruise on a regular basis. Not a good look for you. You screwed the pooch on this one. 
Preach, Captain Lee. And I like your use of bruise because that term just rankles my entire being. Me too. But um, yeah, I, I don't like it. I, I don't like the whole thought process of like trying to get in there and then being like, oh, but th- we're just having fun, right? Like, no, you don't try that hard just to have a good time with somebody. You do what Tanner does, like, which is messy and gross. <laughs> like, that's yeah. what you do. You do not like really try to get to know them and take them on dates and even awkward dates when she's grumpy. Like you hang in there through all that. That's not someone just in it to have a good time. No. And then he just tries to get his wet, get out of it by go, I didn't mean it like that. Well, hang on a minute. The entire text said, we're just having fun. Aren't we? Right. <laughs> like, I don't that's think that not, can be misconstrued. You're not misconstruing that. That's pretty clear cut. How did you mean it, Brian? Like what, what, right? When you said we're just having fun, did you mean I really like you and I'd like to take you this further? Like, is that where the, it, it, I, you know? It's, right. Or, like, I would just like to continue taking this slow when we get off the boat. Like, I'm protective of my, like, there are so many different ways that if he really meant, I just want to see where it goes kind of off the boat because I'm really particular on who I let meet my family. Like, that's fine. Be... Be a grown-up and just fucking say that. Don't do this yeah. bullshit texting and be a dick about it. Like, fuck fuck off, Brian. Like, Courtney can do way better. Well, and I think, interestingly, there's an element of Brian wanting to be one of the brews here. Like, he doesn't want to yeah. be the one that's going, actually, you know what? I mean, I'm going to take this and see how it goes. And we're having, you know, I'm interested in right. this being more committed. He wants to be able to go back and like go, yeah, man, I'm cool and I'm just shagging her and it's just fun to the boys because that's right. what they do and that's that's how they operate and that's what they think is acceptable. Um, so I really felt for Courtney on this. I thought she was mega professional. I thought she was heartbroken. And I think Brian should be ashamed of himself. A hundred percent. Yeah, just before we move on though, I felt for Riley yeah. in this one because there were certain things and that I just feel like she is finally broken. Like, I feel like she's defeated. She's broken. She's eating her dinner in a room. She doesn't want anything to do with him. She's not even saying a word. I, I, I yeah. really felt for her at, at this point. See, I did and I didn't because also we see her kind of complaining about doing the shit debt work, which... In reality, she is the third deckhand, so I'm sure that's what all third deckhands do, the bullshit, just like the thirds do. Like, you you do the bullshit worst part of that job when you're on that rank. And so part of me is just like, this, you know, the complaining is probably what rankles people. Like, know your role and just do your job. Like, yeah. that's what Captain Lee sees in you, your ability to, like, do this and more. He sees potential for growth, but... You do also have to respect your position. You don't have to respect Ashton. I'm I'm 100% not telling you to do that. But, like, you need to respect that, like, part of your job is doing shit work. Part of every job is doing shit work. I hear you. And and, and I agree. And I just wonder whether it's chicken or egg. Like, previously, before this was all happening, she would have just got on and do her job. I think part of me feels she's so over the whole fucking thing that she's yeah. just raging. She's raging, she's defeated, I'm, she's broken. But you're right, it is still her job and maybe now would be a really great time for her to show Captain Lee that even if Ashton can't change his behavior and do better, she, she could. can. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, she was the third deckhand the last season that she was on and she did still complain about the stuff. And I get it. Like, she's a captain of a, I think she's a captain of a fishing yeah. boat. 
in Alaska. So like, yeah, on a, in fishing world, like you are a captain and you can do all this. But in yachting world, you are a third fucking deckhand. Like you signed up, up to do this. They're yeah. not going to make, they're not going to let you do the job of a bosun. That's not your role. And I think we've got a lot of confusion of roles because we've also got Simone fucking complaining about Kate being condescending. And it's like, she's, she's not being condescending. Just do your fucking job. Just do your fucking job. And she's actually taught you quite a bit along the way. Because I do think we've seen growth in Simone and the serving kind of standpoint and, like, interacting with guests. And honestly, like, as much as Simone would hate to admit this, that's down to Kate. Yeah. And also, I feel like Simone is... What's starting to rankle a little bit with me in terms of Simone is that she... I feel like she feels she's a bit too good for this. Like, there's a lot Mm -hmm. of talk about... I've got a degree in this and I've got a degree in that. And while you're right, like it doesn't matter on the boat. That's you made the choice to come here. You made the choice to take the position. doesn't matter whether you've got a degree in maths or not. Suck it up, get on with it and do a good job and respect the hierarchy. Kate is your boss. And if, and just because she's saying something to you that you don't like, doesn't make her condescending. Right. Right. But yeah, we'll see. Um, Yeah. I was going to say Captain Lee said the same thing, but basically just assume from now on that what we're saying Captain Lee agrees with. Yes, we're all on the same wavelength. We're all on the same uh, boat. Yep. Shall we head over to Vanderpump Rules? Yes. Now I'm still obviously, you know, trying to get my head around Vanderpump Rules. It's a lot. Yeah. It is. It's a lot to keep up with. I think you'll be there probably by the next episode. I mean, it's not super complicated. <laughs> no, to be honest, it's, it's mostly complex, the people and the names. It's just a lot of people. Yeah. It is, and that's not your strong suit. No, I'm not so, great with names. So let's see. No. So we open up and we see a boudoir shot for Jax. Um, Brittany does not know how to say it. Not a surprise. <laughs> I love her. She's sweet but does not know her uh, her French. Um, and we see Stasi and Lala really helping. I do think what I really like about this opening shot is like, these girls are like true, like true girlfriends. Like this is what girlfriends do for each other. They don't talk shit. Like they don't make you feel like an asshole all the time. Like they help you like when you need them to style your boudoir shot. And uh, yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I agree. And I am... Um Obviously, because I've not been watching it, don't know how close these girls have been in the run-up. But I was perfectly with you. I think that it's great that they were helping her out. We had a chat about it in the pre-meeting. I still don't buy it, just as somebody who's on her second episode. I still can't figure out Jax and Brittany. I just can't buy into it. I don't get it. I could be wrong. uh, Yeah. But it just doesn't, as somebody looking from the outside in, I just don't buy it. Well, he's been so awful, not just to her. I mean, he's been awful to everyone. And like I was telling you, we all know that his dad died last season. And I think for me, and I mean, I could 100% eat my words on all this, but I think that was a real awakening for Jax that like being close to 40 or 40 and pulling all this bullshit is not fucking cute and nobody likes it, and we don't have a lot of time, so he needs to try to, like, make his time worth everything. And I think in this in this episode, we see a new Jax. Like, the way yeah. he handled Carter and the way he kind of stuck up, you know, took up for um, Kristen and handled all the wedding shit in a very calm, normal, dude-to-dude way with, like, no, you know, catty bitchiness— 
is the new Jax. Like that Jax, that situation would not have been handled that way two seasons ago. I agree. It would have been a bitch fight. Yeah, I agree. I think I was really, I was like rooting for Jax in this whole thing. I really wanted, yeah. I thought he was the only one in this whole scenario that had behaved with any kind of maturity or kindness, actually. And I, and I right. really appreciated that. What I did get from that conversation, though, is that I really don't like Carter. And, and again, no. I'm new to it, but he just seems so feckless. Do you know what I mean? Like, he is, yeah. I think he is a manipulative asshole who has just sucked the life out of Kristen. Yeah, he feels, it feels like to me that he puts on this like, oh, I'm so like quiet and shy and yeah. like a little bit, you know, helpless act. But actually behind the scenes, I feel like he's this master manipulator that's screwing her over. And, you know, she's definitely, they talk about her being Cody. She's very codependent. She doesn't want to let him go. She can't let him go. She knows she should. It's unhealthy. Yeah. Um, and I think Jax is absolutely spot on. I think he is taking huge advantage of the situation. Now, I'm going to ask you this question. They talk a lot about the fact yes. that Kristen is paying all his bills. Is that a fact or is that just... Yeah. Is that just a gossip mill? Do we know that no, for sure? I, I think it's a fact. Like, I know they've mentioned that, like, she pays for his car. That was her apartment before, so he just moved in. So, I mean, that apartment's in her name. She's bought this house. I mean, with what money? I don't really know. I don't know how Kristen brings in a revenue stream. Um, but I think she's funding his lifestyle. Like, that's the way it sounds. It sounds like he's got a lot of time to run these errands for her. So I think if he did have a job, I don't know what it is. Um, I think he mentioned that he's helping her with, like, photo shoots and stuff. I mean, it sounds like he's her assistant, um, that's embarrassing but but isn't that always a totally red flag like if yes. somebody is not bringing anything financially to a relationship it's either because you are at home looking after children right which is another job because, in itself or because right. you're kind of yeah which i'm not, that's not me dissing yeah, that yeah, yeah. i'm no, just no, saying no, that's a potential reason why somebody might not be bringing yeah. in any money or it's because you're you're sponging off somebody essentially like yeah i just there's no reason that I can see why he can't get up and get himself a job and pay some fucking bills. No, he's like, no, I have no respect for him. I, we asked um, our followers if they think Carter will still try to go to Jackson Brittany's wedding festivities. 90% say yes. So I, yeah. we're definitely not done with Carter. I think we're going to see him try to weasel his way in there. Um, we also asked if you guys agreed with Jax in regards to Carter, and 78% said yes, 22% said no. And then we asked you if Carter is manipulating Kristen, and 94% said yes, and 6% said no. Um, I think that's why his beard is so bulbous and weird. It's just sucking the life out of everybody around well, him. Well, funnily enough, funnily enough, I couldn't remember his name at first because obviously, as we all know, I'm not great with names, so I just referred to him as Captain Badbeard for half, the, uh, yeah. half of my notes. Um, I feel like one of his handles is the beard is real or it is real or something like that. Like, that's his thing. I don't know. I don't care if it's real. It's bad. It's gross. It's gross. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. Also, it's got these and weird little dick. things here. Yeah. You know, it's not okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, very... And I think... Sorry, not to, like, leave the Carter Christian chat, but I also think he is going to be living in that house. Like, the way he was talking about, like, oh, I spoke to the contractor and the doors are going to be like this. And it's like, dude, this is not your fucking house. No, but I think Kristen's going to bail. I think she's going to fold and let him live there. And you know what? 
at that point I'm with the girls. I just, how much yeah. emotional time and energy can you put into this if she keeps going back and making terrible decisions? Um, so yeah, we also got introduced to the, f- for the first time for me to James yeah. Kennedy, who I'm, <laughs> who I didn't get to see a lot of, but I'm starting to feel that I need to apologize on behalf of my people for James Kennedy. <laughs> oh, James. I'm sorry, guys. Like, I mean, he looked like... James is a weird one for me because there is part of me that likes James. Like, he is just a drunken fucking idiot. I mean, he comes up with some great ideas. Like, he put on this night at Sir called See You Next Tuesday, and it was like this huge hit, and he DJed, and it was great. But, like, he is someone that will always get in his own fucking way. Like... Yeah. He will take it too far, and I'm not. I'm not judging for chasing the buzz. Like I'm, you're listening to two certified buzz, buzz chasers right here. <laughs> um, but like when your buzz chasing is getting in your way professionally, again, you need to be mature enough to reevaluate that relationship, and that's just not there. Like yeah. he is just so immature. Like he, he's just a baby. So obviously and he's ridiculous. It was uh, Lala who introduced, who brought him in. She met him in the studio. Who I no. forgot. I mean, to, on this episode, she brought in, him into in the this studio. Episode, yes. Who yeah, again? Yeah. I forgot the name of. So referred to her as sober Elsa the whole way through. But she's sober, and the feeling is the feeling that James potentially needs to get sober too. Yes, I mean, this has been a thread that I think this is now like the third season that that has been a storyline. Like, James needs to sort his drinking out. He's been fired from Sir. Lisa knew his family, and that's how James kind of came onto the scene. Lisa's known him forever. So she brought him in. He started bussing at Sir. Then he started being a DJ, and Lisa just kept giving him chance after chance after chance. But he's always fucked it up with this drinking. He's been an asshole. He said some really rude shit to Brittany and Jax. Like, he's just a dick, pretty much to everyone. Lala was the exception for a long time, and then last season he was a fucking asshole to her. So, like, the whole show's consensus is that he needs to fucking stop drinking because when he doesn't drink, he's actually quite pleasant and a nice dude to be around, funny, talented, all these great things. But, um, so... Yeah. Everybody so we'll see. I guess we're going to see drinking. what happens this this season. But what, did him and Lala date? So he had a massive crush on Lala. I think they may have slept together once, but she's always been very clear. Like, she just thinks of him as a friend. And, like, right. that's always what it's been. He was also kind of the only one that was nice to her when she started at Sir, because I think a lot of women were intimidated by Lala and um, kind of resented her coming into the restaurant. Uh, she was a hostess, so. Got it. Anyways, we asked our um, our followers if they thought James deserved forgiveness, and this one was split kind of right down the middle. 52% said yes, and 48% said no, um, which I'm not that surprised about. We've got some I think as well people. it will. I think as well it will depend on how the season plays out. Like, you know, he yeah. came in, you could tell with the we obviously had some flashback VTs that he had got, you know, a serious case of cuntitis at certain times. Yes. But in the studio he it's seemed terminal. to he seemed to be sweet, seemed to accept that he his behavior had been unacceptable. So maybe maybe right. this is the season he turns it around. Well, we'll see. Uh 93% of our followers don't think James will ever stop drinking for real. 7% hold out hope. Oh, well, that's, you know, that's nice. Yeah. Um, 
And then obviously we have the Max Dana Sheena thing going on. Oh God. Like <laughs> I feel, and I think Mira brought this up when we were chatting with her last week, like Sheena is a stage five clinger. And if you don't know that term, then you need to go back to the nineties and watch Wayne's world. <laughs> but she's a stage five clinger. And I think she is a girl that if you look at her, you are in a relationship with her, whether you know it or not. And like, I understand that she and Max slept together, but it seems like Max really wants to pursue a little bit more with Dana. And I think Sheena's being a massive tool yeah. to Dana because it's not Dana's fault. Like, if Max doesn't want to be with you, Sheena, it's it's Max and your deal. It has nothing to do with Dana, and you shouldn't be a bitch to her just because of that. Like, I, I, I think that's gross. But also, Dana seems genuinely to be the only character on the show that is normal. Like, she seems yeah. normal, she seems smart, she seems... So far. So far. Obviously, she's new. Yeah. Um, but Sheena is like mad as a box of fucking frogs. She's like fatal attra- attraction crazy. And yeah. there's like, is it Brett trying to get out from underneath her while he's training yes. Lisa Vanderpump? Like sort of saying, yeah, it's a bit weird. I don't really know what to do. And then we go into this awkward yeah, conversation yeah. where he tries to sort of palm her off a bit. And even then in the right. VTs, she, rather than go, oh, okay, well, I better move on. She's like, yeah, he doesn't mean it. No, no, I think he really does. He does. Like, he does. He's, he actually told you. Yeah, like, you need to listen. hear the words and walk away. He doesn't want to shag you. Right. Um, no. Uh, yeah, so she's like next level crazy. Uh, and I agree. Yeah. I think that what she's doing to Dana is mean. But I do really like Dana. And I don't know enough about Max to know whether he is yeah. worthy of her. But it does seem that he really likes her too. I mean, I think if you go to somebody's comedy show... And, like, you don't know what to expect. Like, it's the first one. Like, that's kind of a big deal. Like, and I think yeah. he even said that in his confessionals. Like, shit, like, I really hope she's funny because if not, this is going to be super awkward. And she was. She so fucking awkward. nailed it. I thought she was hilarious. I would watch her. Um, I agree with you. Is like, I think she feels super, like, down-to-earth, normal girl. I, I can't wait to see more of it. I do hope. This is the first season that Max has been on, so you know about as much as we do. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, so we don't really know if he's worthy of her or not, but um, we'll see. I mean, I don't know if any of these relationships ever will work out. Our people think, nine, 90% of our people think their relationship will not work. Ten percent said yes, and I actually think I said yes. I think Dana is. Tough I feel enough like I feel to like, like it could be able to handle him. Yeah, I, I see something in I see something in Max that makes me think that he's found somebody that's kind of intrigued him, that's a little bit different. That he right. So I don't know. I, I'm holding out for Max and yeah. Dana, but we will see. Yeah, the last thing I kind of think I want to talk about. Um, with this episode is Ariana trying to get back at Sir. So last season, um, Lisa made some jokes about the Toms and how much they actually worked to set up Tom Tom. And Ariana took it very personally and kind of called her out on like, I don't appreciate what you've been saying about Tom. He's a really hard worker and blah, blah, blah. And to that, Lisa told her that she needed to lighten up and take a joke. She was just making a joke. That's all it was. And then Ariana kind of started writing this book and hasn't been working at Sir and just kind of phased out of her job. I think that's kind of how it works. Um, so Ariana wants back at Sir, and we see kind of the the conversation between her and Lisa, um, where I think Lisa's not 100% sure whether she wants to take her back or not. 
Which I think is fair enough. Like, obviously, yeah. I kind of gleaned the backstory there a little bit, but um, I think it's fair enough. I think that that Lisa needs to be sure that if she's putting somebody back into Sir, that they really want to be there, that they're not coming back to you because they're suddenly panicked or they've not got anything else to do. Right. But also, I thought this conversation was really interesting because, you know, it talked about... What I love about Lisa is that she's really good at compartmentalizing in a good way. So, you know, she doesn't know whether she wants to put Ariana, that's right, isn't it? Yeah, Ariana back Mm -hmm. in into Sir. But as soon as she hears that Ariana's struggling mentally, that she's perhaps depressed and and all of these things, she Lisa can put that to one side and be kind and show kindness and support. And I've always liked that about Lisa. Me too. And I think Lisa, I mean, I think Lisa looks at all of these people as her kids. Like everybody that works for all of her restaurants and bars are her children. And I think she can be firm with them and like not let them back in. But I don't think she stops caring about them. Because I mean, Stassi hasn't worked for her for ages. But like she does really care about her life and cares about her succeeding and wants to help in any way that she can. And it it is an admirable quality about Lisa. And I think she's also somebody people just open up to, especially these kids who like may or may not have good family role models or whatever. I don't really know, but like she's a mother figure to them. So I think when she takes an interest in, in their lives, they really open up to her. So this is where we see Ariana talking about, you know, the possibility of her being depressed for a year. And I kind of really identified with what she was talking about where she's like, you know, I hit all these things and I thought I'd feel different and I don't. Yeah. And I don't really know where to go from there. I feel like that's a very late twenties, early thirties kind of feeling like you kind of realize you're not a kid anymore. And it's a weird kind of mind fuck. At least, I mean, I felt it was for me. I turned 30 living in London and it was like, holy shit, like my, like this is all amazing, but holy fuck, I'm the adult now. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, well, yeah, and I, I think know. it's a thing that a lot of people suffer from. It doesn't always lead to depression, but it's like it's that midlife no. crisis thing. It's like, right, I've got the car, right. I've got the house, I've got the job, I've got the book, I've got whatever it is, and you're expecting that to fix you, and it and it right. doesn't. Which like it never will. No, it never will. And if you're miserable and if you're unhappy, then it's therapy or it's medication or it's working on yourself and it's and it's recognizing that actually that stuff isn't what's going to make you happy. No. If you are fundamentally stuff. unhappy inside. Um, right. If you're fine with yourself and you're happy, then a new car is going to make you happy. Like, that, that's exciting. <laughs> that's great. Says the girl who's like, just get, we really need a new fucking car. Right. Um, but yeah, I, and I think you're right. I think in your late 20s, early 30s, that's the first time you get to confront that because that's probably the time when you're really starting to achieve after you've done all your Absolutely. whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and starting to realize that actually that shit, isn't what makes you a winner or isn't what makes you happy. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. the stuff inside. So I get that. It's a really rational, normal thing for her to be going through. Um, right. And I'm glad that she's talking about it. You know me, I love a little bit of mental health chat, but I'm glad for her that she's talking about it too. Yeah. Well, and coming to some realizations as well. I think she's kind of kept a lot of things quiet and, you know, it's, yeah. it's time to work on her now. Okay. All right. Jersey. New Jersey. Now, if I could love Joey Gorga more, it I, I don't it would be an impossibility because 
the opening of this show was probably one of my favorite moments <laughs> when he gets his test results back and the, and I love that they're on speakerphone and the boys are listening. Their little boys right. are listening too. And 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 Melissa's basically a teenager. Like her ovaries are basically fifteen years right. old. Um, so she's right. flying, and then they're like Joey, who was so like full of bravado at the at the clinic absolutely and she's like so normal is like 15 million and in your sample we saw three 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 i know i could tiny little joey gorga shape <laughs> sperms with little big in my brain <laughs> i i picture the petri dish and i feel like there's just three little sperm um stocky around little and stocky like, sperm yeah they look like him, so they got really big fat heads and like <laughs> tiny little tails, and they're just like bouncing around, like they don't know what's going on. They they're like, where "Where's everybody else? Where's everybody yeah. else? Where did everybody Where's go?" My friends. <laughs> oh, poor Joey Gorga. But, but you know he what? Took I love it like so he t- well. He took it like a champ, and in this kind of really yeah sort of masculine Italian world, that could have been fairly demeaning but he took it like a champ he laughed about it the boys had a laugh like you could tell he was a bit embarrassed but he really like took it on the chin and i i could not have loved him more for it and it turns out it could be his steroid cream on his arms or something what yeah well he's also i mean he's also 45 like he's i mean she's only 40 like he's five years older than she is like that's you know I think it's pretty typical, but um, yeah, I guess they did say, they just told him to lay off the supplements for 30 days. I like all the Man. supplements. <laughs> that was, it was honestly so funny. Swimmers. I went back and watched it twice, I've got to be honest. Um, <laughs> and then we went on to uh, Mother's Day brunch. It was Mother's Day. And obviously, like, you know, it's an Italian community they take this shit really, really seriously. And I'm not saying we don't, yeah. but like, it's a big thing. Like they love their mamas. Um, and it was quite interesting because obviously Margaret decided not to invite Teresa, which I didn't agree with. You know, I feel like they both need to put their big girl pants on and actually just have a fucking chat. And I feel like that's what you do when you're girlfriends. That's what you do when you're a grown up and you just need to handle some things. I can see where she's coming from. I can see Margaret's point, but oh, I can yeah. also see, like, if I had a friend who had lost their mother and it's been such a big deal for her, I feel like you could kind of put your shit aside and extend the invitation. Now, Teresa probably would not have gone and she would have declined, but at least you've done the right thing. I think the right thing is to always extend the invitation. And I think it's always, that makes you the bigger person. It makes, and it could have been an olive branch. Like maybe they would have had that conversation on the phone then had she just called her. I, I mean, and I get what you're saying. I understand why Margaret wouldn't want her there. But at the same time, yeah. I think it was one of those opportunities where actually the shit, you just ha- even if you just have to put it aside, because Teresa obviously yeah. was incredibly close with her mum. And Margaret and Teresa have talked a lot about that and the relationship. And she's got, you remember, Absolutely. we saw the footage of her it's creating the reef. Rela- yeah. You know, so I felt that this was an opportunity, whereas what I can understand why she's mad, this was probably one of those times where Margaret could have just put it aside just to extend the invitation so I was a little disappointed in Margaret on that but having said all that the brunch looked like a ton of fun fucking phenomenal we actually have a place in Denver that does drag brunch on the last Sunday of the month and I am booked to go do it in March because I've got other things going on at the end of January and February so I'm going with some girlfriends at the end of March and uh it should be fabulous why have we never done that when I'm there? I love me I a bit of drag. I didn't know about it when you were here. And when you're here, we also have kids and husbands. 
That's true. We never get to do anything on our own for like brunch, but we'll do it next time. Um, yeah, so Throw we had the, the drag box. brunch. That was brilliant. I just loved watching Jennifer and her mom, like watching Jennifer's mom with oh the drag queens gosh. was pure joy for me because this, it like, here's the thing. I don't agree with the way she's treating her son, but I also can understand that certain, you can't just expect everybody to feel the same way. Like she comes from an entirely right. different place, entirely different culture, entire, entirely different time. So this for her is like off the scale, fucking weird. Mm-hmm. She and didn't I even like, realize they were dudes. No, I know. She spoke to Dolores. Somebody had to tell her that they were dudes, <laughs> which I think is like the cutest thing ever. Um, I know. I also, I'm going to get a little bit bitchy, but I felt like the the lead yeah. drag queen, the one that was like emceeing it, clearly has the same makeup artist as Jennifer. Like they had the same lip on yes. and everything. Yes. They have the same friends. Yeah. New Jersey's not that big. No. Um... But yeah, I thought it was really, really fun. And I think it was interesting because last week, or maybe it was the week before, I can't remember, but when we were talking about Jennifer and Gabby confronting her grandmother about um, her gay uncle, I think we gave yeah. Jennifer a little bit of shit about not not really getting involved and not really sticking up for Gabby or for her brother. And, and actually, when I saw this episode... I, I actually had to change my tune. I got to apologize to, to Jennifer. I'm sure she's listening. She's a big fan of the show. Um, <laughs> because I actually think she did the right thing. Maybe bringing it up right there in front of Gabby and putting her mum on the spot in front of her granddaughter probably was the was the wrong thing to do. And I like the way that she took it. She didn't ignore it. She just decided to handle it in a different way to get her mum when she was alone to have a chat about it because she knew it was something very difficult for a mum. So I think that that conscious I mean, choice maybe. for me worked. Yeah. I'm not willing to kind of give her that much emotional depth. Um, well. Because, I mean, she still had the conversation on cameras in her house. Like... I don't, I don't know. I think she didn't stand up for her then. I liked... See, I wrote that... It, I like that she was, we kind of see her finally confronting her in like a yeah. different way. Um, so I don't necessarily think, I still don't agree with her not kind of backing up Gabby because that's a different conversation, like that's a different conversation, right? Like she, yeah. she should have supported her daughter more in that conversation, not attacked her mom. I didn't, I don't think I ever meant that. But um, I feel like the way Gabby handled it may have inspired how Jen handled it this time because Gabby did it in a very respectful kind of questioning innocent way. And I think you can question somebody's ideals without attacking them. And I think that's what we see Jennifer doing now, but maybe she wasn't ready to do it then. I don't know. Sure. I mean, you know, and I think it's, I've had to come like, there's been a few things like on a personal level for me that have made me realize that there are some things about some people that you just can't change. And actually, even yeah. if you think that their views are fundamentally wrong and you don't agree with them, it's still okay for them to have, like, you still have to respect right. their right to make those choices. So I Absolutely. really, I and, I, and I guess as my parents get older as well, um, it, it's not, and you, you get to a point where you go, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to change these people. I'm not going to make yeah. this person feel like his whole philosophy up until this point has been wrong. And he's going to see the light and go, oh, of course, the, you, you're right. I've been wrong all this time. But that's probably not going to happen. So no. as much as as you know, I really hope that Jennifer's mum can accept him because he's her son 
and right. you know and support him. It's very difficult to it's it's very easy to judge her and say, oh, she's a fucking idiot. You know, she's just from a yeah. different time in a different place. No, I totally agree. I also. Th- I mean, I, th- I think people are capable of change. I don't feel like you have to make them feel like their whole lives have been a lie or wrong. Like, yeah. society evolves, and yeah. either you can evolve with it or you don't, and it doesn't make you a bad per- I mean, you know, if you're very vocal about how things yeah. need to stay the way it used to be, I think that does kind of make you a bad person. Um, yeah. I think you can have beliefs without, like like I said earlier, you can have personal beliefs without attacking the beliefs of others on both sides. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean like their core is dark and dead. No. I think it's hard when it's a parent though as well, right? Because it's... Cause, oh, cause 100%. You are going to love so that person. Up. Yeah. No matter what. It's and I think you wrapped- just have... I was saying you just have to... I think you have to accept that there are going to be some things about that person that you're never going to, you're never going to change. They may change, but you're never going to make right. it happen. So you can't go head to head with them on it. Like you, there's no point in Jennifer falling out with her mother over this because no. it's not going to help. It's not going to change anything. All she can do is try no. and be there and support and love and, and, and do, do her best. And I think that's why I enjoyed the way she handled this. You're probably right that she yeah. was inspired by Gabby in doing it. Um, because right. as we all know, the kids are the actual grown-ups in the in these situations. But yes. um but it's a tricky situation and I actually feel for everybody involved, including Jennifer's mum. I think it's very hard for her too. No, I I I totally agree. I think I mean, I definitely struggle. My parents and I do not think similarly on many, many things, especially voting and party allegiances and things like that. But um, I appreciated the way Jennifer spoke to her about it. Like, I felt it was respectful but informative. And I think you can still have those conversations. I don't think you need to have falling outs with your parents because your ideas are different. I mean, that's part of what I think makes this world pretty fucking amazing is that we all can have different opinions and it's okay. And actually I feel like we need to get back to that. I feel on some levels we've gotten a bit too polarized and forgot that like we are all allowed to have our own opinions and vote for who we want to. And that's okay. We can be different that way. We can be similar on other things and it's all right. And also I think, you know, people throw around tolerance as if it only goes one way. And actually, I think that as liberals, we need to be more tolerant sometimes of other people's views because everything's a process. People who have views that we don't agree with or that aren't liberal or that we don't think are very forward thinking may well be on a journey. They may well be on a a process to, to coming into a different place. But I think as well, sometimes we're not very tolerant of people's right to think in a certain way, or, or at least their right to explore different things, to figure things out on their own yeah. terms and their own times. You can say, look, I don't agree with it, but it doesn't mean that the whole person is a terrible person. Like you say, I, di- I would vote at polar ends of, you know, of the scale to my dad. We probably don't have that many. But he's many still your dad. T- but he's still my dad. Right. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, and you still have contact, and you still let them play with their kids, and you appreciate yeah. them for who they are. And I think that's and, just what we have to do. Yeah, and also I think love works much better in changing people's views and get and teaching people than anger and hate. So yeah, you know, I was impressed on that. I totally agree. Level. Yeah, but going back to uh, the Real Housewives of New oh, Jersey, yeah. what one we're thing for. about Mother's Day, <laughs> one thing about Mother's Day that fucking rankled me. Well, there were a couple things. One. 
it kind of made me wish I had girls because Teresa's girls know exactly oh. what to do for their mom on Mother's Day. And maybe I'm being sexist and saying it's probably more girls, but my boys definitely don't do that stuff for me. My husband does, but not my kids. To be fair, my kids um, don't either. They're too young. But maybe when right. they get it's a bit a older. not a boy-girl thing now. Maybe when they get older, we'll, we'll put them head-to-head in a Mother's Day yeah. off. Um, <laughs> yeah. And see how they <laughs> see, see how which they roll. One, see which ones win. We won't be there. We'll yeah. we'll be in a hotel room together, getting you know absolutely room service. <laughs> but we'll just and we'll get drinking. an update on what their breakfast looks like. Shit, absolutely. Um, okay, I just always want to be left alone on Mother's Day. Like for my you Mother's Day, too. you can just give me a day alone. That's all I that's want. That's what I say. Jimmy's like, that's not very Mother's Day. I'm like, but that's what I want. Just leave it's me alone. Mother's Day. Yeah, I don't you be do a whatever you today. want for Father's Day. Yeah. Yeah. Father's you, Day, I'll give you the same option. You can have the whole day yeah. by yourself if that's what you want. You can also have the whole day with the kids if that's what you want. Either way. I don't um, mind, but on my day, yeah. Yeah. But Joe calling Teresa just turned out to be a big fucking mess. And I don't. And I kind of question whether or not he really wanted it to be a nice Mother's Day call or he wanted it to be a fucking mess. Like, I can't imagine oh, what he's dealing with. I just think he's a with, fucking emotional fuck toddler. Off, dude. He's an emotional yeah. toddler. He gets in, he's like all fucking fart and no poo. Like it just, yeah. it, it's mean. And he can't for one minute, I get he's going through some shit. Like I get it, but he was a cunt before he went into prison and he's still yeah. a cunt now. So I'm not saying that, you know, I just think it's Mother's Day. All you, you got one job. You call up. Yeah. You say, thanks T for looking after the kids. I really appreciate it. You're a great mom. See you later. Have a good day. That's it. That's all you have to do. That's it. Can't fucking do it. No, and I think the only difference is how Teresa is dealing with it now. Like, they think she's being mean, but actually she's just not being fucking disrespected to her face anymore. And I, I give her massive props for the growth that she's had on that. Because honestly, when I used to watch this show and the way he'd fucking speak to her, it just enraged me. All the time. And it wouldn't even just enrage me because that's what he was saying. It would enrage me because she was taking it and she wouldn't speak up for herself. And I like a more self-assured Teresa. Me too. I really do as well. And I do feel for her because she's in a rock and a hard place. She can't win in this situation. Joe's away. The kids adore him. Mm -hmm. You know, they're going to defend him because they, he's not there. And she's the one shouting at them to put their fucking shoes on and to tidy their room, do their homework. So she's getting a really rough deal. And for Joe to not even today, after four years, five years of prison, to be able to go, babe, thanks. You're doing a great, thanks for holding all this fucking shit together. It just blows my my mind. (laughs) It blows my mind. He's so Um, ungrateful. I also just was really touched by that kind of discussion of Marge and Marge Senior's relationship too. I really, yes. I really have a lot of time and love for Marge. I did love it when she went over to help her pack and Marge Senior's like, thanks for coming over to shout at me, you know, but it was, she really is the parent in that. And I really love Marge for the way that she looks after her mom. Uh, Cause yeah. I think it's kind of a rough deal when you have that mom. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I really identify with this. We have a long line of like mother-daughter friendships versus mother-daughter relationships in my family. And um, it's something I'm really keen not to pass on. Like I'm really keen to be the mom and not to be the friend because that's what that's what kids need. I mean, that's what we never stop needing. I, we put this to um, our Instagram followers. Let me just pull it up real fast because I asked everybody what they thought 
of their relationship, um, the mother-daughter relationship. And sorry, the stickers are a little bit more tricky to get the answers off of. So hang on one second. Let me just pull it up. But um, I could really identify with like the mother-daughterness, but um, our followers, uh, Caliber21 said toxic and sad. Marge still desperately needs and wants a mother, which I kind of disagree with the way this comes across, but maybe I'm just reading it wrong because I think we always need a mom. Like as long as your mom is there, you need the you need that mom role. And I think if you never have it, you never stop wanting it. I think if you have a mom and she's the mom role in your life, then you feel comfortable and you can move on. But if you don't ever have it, it's the only thing you ever want. Um, Lindella 11 says, weird, can't stand her or the mom. Glad they're not talking about old lady parts all the time. I kind of like the old lady parts chat myself. Me too. Uh, Fatty for Life 37 says hashtag goals. So I think responses are kind of all over the place um, on what we think of their relationship. But I like Marge Sr.'s honesty when asking yeah. if she could ever go back and change anything. She flags that up immediately and says, I, I would have been more her mom and less her friend if I could go back and do it again. And I think that was really, really probably nice for Margaret to hear and have yeah. recognized. Even though I feel like Margaret's ve- Margaret is very accepting of the fact that it's just not who her mum is. Like, I think it's really lovely to hear that. And I think it's nice for Marge to hear that Marge Senior can, ex- can recognize it and own it. But I think it's very clear that that's not Marge Senior's strength. Like, it's no. not her role. And whatever, yeah. w- whatever she did wrong or didn't do completely right, Marge, I really like, and I think she's a stand-up, chick and I and I she she's not done that bad of a job like she's brought up a a girl with a great head on her shoulders so um I think it's I think she's at peace with it uh but yeah it did kind of touch me a little bit yeah I mean you've got to be though like when I'm 80 years old or what however old she may be I want to be at peace with my life not trying to revel in my regrets like you don't have that much longer like you just need to enjoy yourself and i think we can all agree that marge senior is fucking enjoying her time on this planet oh my god she's loving life absolutely (laughs) um okay so uh let's head to nashville oh well we just need to briefly touch on the hamptons trip um we see more of it next uh next week obviously but damn Teresa comes in hot to that Hamptons house. Straight off the bat, thanks for inviting me and thanks for not inviting me. And again, Margaret handles it like a queen. She's like, let's talk about this later. Like she's up for having it. She doesn't get offended. She doesn't go off the handle. It's going to be a hot trip to the Hamptons. But can we also just say that Jackie's house is gorgeous? It's amazing. And I did have a bit of an... What I had a bit of an issue with is I feel like now that Jen knows that Jackie makes more money, she is going to be all up on her shit. Like, looking up the cost of the house, um, I put it so out shady. there as a poll. It's so shady. I think it is so tacky. Like, I so think it tacky. is tacky as fuck. I was um, When somebody shocked. invites you somewhere, you don't try to look up, like, the value or price of their house. Like, fair enough if you just want to see the house, but, like, right. to go on and on about how much it was and the money, and it's just... It's not a good look, Jennifer. Like, you know, let's see, what did it come? It came up as like half and half. Sorry, I'm having technical Interesting. difficulties. Um, let's see. 
Yeah. So, oh, it's, it's gone back my way. So it was about half and half this morning, but, um, 61% of our followers thought it was tacky. 39% thought it was harmless. Um, I guess I just foresee, like, I think Jen really values money in her life. And I feel like this makes her want to be more Jackie's friend because she didn't realize Jackie had all this money before, which I think it's is a big willy. Jackie being a badass, you know, yeah. like it's not a big deal. I think um, she's made some smart it'll be choices. interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see this friend trajectory now that Jen has more of this information. Yeah, I found it really uncomfortable. I found it really tacky. I didn't like the way she went on about her 900 pound sunglasses. She's like, I don't think Jackie yeah. likes to talk about money. Nobody does, babe, because it's kind of a yeah. tacky conversation to have. Like there is a time and a place and an appropriate way for you to say to me, listen, just out of interest, we're thinking of, you know, can I ask right. this? Like, fine, ask that question. If I don't want to tell you, I'm not going to tell you. But you don't right. go and the, literally get the address and grab no. your laptop to bring up whatever it is, it Zillow in. or yeah. whatever, Zoopla over here. Probably. And check out the house prices. You just don't do it. No, no. I mean, oh, you, only, you only check if you yourself are interested in purchasing a vacation home in a similar area and you want to know how much to charge. And that is how you can have that conversation that is normal, not yeah. fucking like financially stalking you. Yeah, that's, that's what she crazy. was doing. She was financially judging yeah. and stalking, and it made me sick in my knickers. Um, yes. All okay. right. Now Sorry, we can go to I Nashville. jumped ahead a little bit. Just before. had to get that in. That's all right. Uh, Nashville. So I guess most of this is going to be largely about the return of Kelly this episode. Yes. Um, we see Justin. Justin really trying to mend the, mend the bridge um, between... Kristen and Kelly, whether it should be mended or not. And I kind of feel like he came away from the conversation like, eh, I think it's a little bit more serious than I thought it was. It's not just a little thing. And um, I'm pretty much team Kristen on this little uh, falling out. Most people are, like uh, most of our followers, 93% are team Kristen, 7% are team Kelly, and 86% think that Kelly is in the friendship only for the show. Yeah, I mean, I've got to say I agree with you. And I think that Justin really was trying to create a space where a conversation could happen between Kelly and Kristen. And I think what happened was the defensive nature of of Kelly just is always a massive red flag. But also, here's here's the thing. If if there are rumors going around about you and your friend's husband, say like, oh, I'm just so excited. I've just now kicked my camera over. Um, You know, say there's rumors going around on Twitter that me, that I'm having an affair with Elijah. Um, right. The one thing I would never do is like stop answering your calls and texts. Like that, that no, is not the way to handle somebody. it. somebody like, no. I would be like, hey team, I'm really sorry this is happening. Clearly we need to work with like, what is it that you need from me? Like, how can I help you make this better? Because absolutely, th- like that's how you handle it. So it's shady as shit that she just went off the radar and I don't buy her excuse that she had her own shit going on because she doesn't elaborate and in this situation we need details um absolutely and rather than have the conversation she gets up and leaves and I get that Kristen has trust issues in this area because of course you know she's lost she friends before should. yeah but I think that she has got Kelly right I think Kelly drank the Kool-Aid and 
And I think she's shady and I really feel for Kristen. Yeah, I agree, which is kind of a bummer because I really liked Kelly in previous seasons. I really liked their friendship. She seemed very genuine on yeah. camera um, and and within their dealings with each other seemed very genuine. It's, it's sad to me that she drank the Kool-Aid and went batshit because I think that's what's happened. I don't buy this bullshit of that their friendship has been predicated on them always living in separate cities, so it's totally fine if they don't hear each other. Obviously, it's not fine. She's been fucking reaching out to you, and you've been ghosting her. Like, it's, everything's not okay. I feel like Justin was looking for a story that doesn't exist. There is not an explanation of why she's done this. She's just been a dick, and she is only here to be on the show, and that's a I fucking agree. bummer. And I think it was like a glaring absence of that story, of that explanation. If there was a true explanation or she couldn't even say why she'd been hurt, why she felt hurt, why she felt like Kristen had done something to her. There was nothing. It was just a load of hot air and then she got up and left. And I really, there's still part of me, there is still part of me that hopes that they reconcile. Um, Because like you say, it was a great friendship and Kelly was fun and they were really fun together. Um, But at the same time, I can't see it happening unless Kelly comes up with something pretty spectacular. No, and I mean, I think it would be different if Kristen wasn't consistently reaching out because that's what, like, when Justin goes back to talk to her, she's like, I've been texting her. She does not answer any of my texts. I and I, I think that's just fucking mean, especially when you know your friend is in, like, not a crisis, because obviously nothing happened between Kelly and Jay. Kristen knows nothing happened between Kelly and Jay. But, like, even part of Girl Code is just reaching out and being like, dude, can you believe all these bullshit rumors? I'm so sorry for them going around. Like you said, how can I help? What can I do? How do we need to, like, make this go away? Or you just be like, hey, do you want to go for a drink? I mean, I feel like there's a huge just lack of care, empathy, or friendship on Kelly's behalf towards yeah. Kristen. No, I agree. And, I fa- and, and you know, I think Kristen's really desperately sad about it too. And that makes yeah. me feel bad. And I think Jay is... I, I think Jay's genuinely done with Kelly too. Like the way that he sort of yeah. dismisses dismisses it in the conversation with Justin. I think it's, Jay just cares now about making sure that Kristen's okay. But for me, unless Kelly comes up with something really sensational, there's no viable excuse for not being there for your friend. No. When she really needs you. Unless she had to be whisked away, unless she whisked away and had some like famous person's love child in a monastery in the woods. That could maybe be an excuse. Yeah. I mean, Barring that- Nothing else really works for me. Alien abduction, fine. Yeah. You know, anything like that is really what it's going to take. Yeah. Totes. Um, But we got Scoot. Scoot arrived with Justin and Scoot. They are, hands down, my new favorite couple of all time. And they're they're so so pretty. They're so pretty too. Yeah, other than like what you and I had spoke about a little earlier, Justin's (laughs) mouth does a little bit of a weird thing. and We can't figure out if it's fillers or just like a weird lip quirk or... What's we going on know. there? But like, they're so lovely. I, I want them to move to Nashville as well. Like, I want them to have their little friend family and rock on. I love seeing Kristen and Jay together. Like, you and I were chatting because you you quite fancy Jay Cutler. I'm really shocked that you don't. Like, honestly, I, I just can't. 
so so there there's a long oh, drawn out some very of- boring football Denver Jay Cutler oh, connection no. that just can't make it happen. He's just not like my type of dude, but I get the attraction because I like that we see a man being a good father, like a good father, a good husband, a supportive partner. Like we see all these very very amazing qualities that come from Jay in this relationship with Kristen. And I can be attracted to that versus being attracted to him, if that makes sense. I mean, I'm attracted to him, but I'm also attracted to this like laid back kind of, yeah, really, um, I don't give a fuck attitude, you know, but kind still, you know, but kind of like, this is me. These are my boundaries. This is what I think. You don't like it. Fuck off. I'm like, okay, I don't want to fuck off. I want to fuck you. That's, that's (laughs) where it takes me. I really, Like, it's not just I would. It's like, I really, really want to. Like, I, he gives me fizzy yeah. knickers. I don't know what else to say about it. There you go, Jay Cutler. Fizzy knickers <laughs> in London waiting for you now. Oh, my God. Can you imagine going from, like, Kristen to me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless him. Be like, oh, no. I wouldn't do that I to you, Jay. here for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so kidding. <laughs> I mean, you're right. You're 100% right. I'm basically two of Kristen. Two for the price of one. <laughs> That's what he gets with me. <laughs> Two for the price of one. I mean, uh, she looks incredible for having three kids. She looks kids. incredible. Like, fuck me. <laughs> she's very thin. Like, she is very thin. Yeah. And she looks great. She's always been that thin. But she, but she is very thin. But she is so naturally beautiful. Like, she's one of those naturally beautiful people. She's, there's no lips. There's she's no a, yeah. fillers. Botox. I mean, if there is, it's all done in a very, you'd never know sort of way. Classy, expensive um, way. But she just has this natural beauty and what I love about her she has this big dirty laugh as well so like when she's laughing with her girlfriend she just like throws her head back like I feel like we'd be friends hell yeah like she's yeah I think she's a very weirdly down-to-earth person like we see when she goes back to Chicago and like how she used to connect with the other Chicago moms there and like I just I think she's been so in the public for so long that she just doesn't give a fuck anymore and she is who she is and if people can't get on board with that then that's not really her problem and I think that's where her and Jay are very similar um I I just like them Mm, me too and I like her too like I I think she'd be so much fun to have like day drink with so much fun it'd be unbelievable um, and I really respect the fact they're not putting their kids out there, but I would, I mean, I'd love to see that interaction between them as a family and see them parent because I just, I'd love to see it because I just know they'd be gorgeous at it and I just want to be yeah. part of their family. Absolutely. One other thing I want to talk about with this episode is um, I like seeing, I'm not a fan of John Stone. I don't think he's attractive. There, There's nothing <sighs> that really, yeah, that does not get me going. But I did like, them showing dudes talking about their actual feelings. It's a nice antidote to the lack of emotional men that are in our show lineup, even though Below Deck is one of our favorite shows. That gets very old. And so this show is a really nice antidote to that. Like we see, you know, Jay hanging out with Scoot and Justin and just really like opening up about, you know, Nashville and the fun things that they do. And we also see Stone really talking about how he feels about his breakup with Brittany with his musician friends. Yeah, I agree. And I do agree with you on stone. Like I just, I just feel like he looks like he lives under a stone and he needs a good bath, but whatever floats your boat, Brittany, well, it doesn't anymore. Although breakup sex, a lot to process. Um, Yeah, I agree. I think it's really refreshing. I think watching that breakup was really 
refreshing too because it was nice to see a right it sounds awful it was nice to see a real breakup but it really conveyed that that those feelings that you go through and you and I talked a little bit about it but neither of us have ever had to move out of a place because the only people we've lived we've lived with um have been the people we ended up marrying so it was really I, I really got that in a way that I perhaps hadn't before and I was really mean about Britney last week I stand by my my statement that she's boring i do, like she's a beige cardigan i do stand by that but well, let me put it this way she's about 50 percent less boring than she has been in previous seasons yeah and she's still pretty boring so so that's yeah, how boring she yeah. is but that being said despite the fact that i have a heart a piece of coal where my heart should be um I did really feel for her on this and and it was tough to watch, especially with the dog and the dog started crying and oh, oh my God. God, it was just so much. I was like, oh. um, and her calling like her him daddy to the dog and Oh God, it was a lot it was a lot to process. It anyway, was a lot. I have no doubt that she's gonna go through with it. This is not a Kristen Carter situation. She's she knows no. it's the right thing. She's going to go through with it. No one ever said it was going to be easy. Um, and maybe she'll meet a really cool guy that will make her fun. Yeah, we'll see. That's something to look forward to. But I'm, I'm glad we've added very Cavallari. I'm in. Let's keep it moving. All right, then. Well, listen, uh, I hope you all have a great week. That's brought us up to the end. Um, Remember, you can always drop us an email. Do we ever get any emails? It's mostly social media, right? We have once. We got got an email um, for the competition that we ran a while back. Um, But no, we haven't. But we'd love to hear from you guys, however you feel you'd like to get in touch with us. We're also in the process of kind of creating a massive calendar because there are some new shows coming out and we need to see what we can fit in and what we think is worth having a chat about. So there'll be some more new announcements coming soon. Below Deck Yacht Life or yachting or whatever it's called is 100% in. So that one is a definite, but we've got some other ones on the horizon um, the Shahs of Sunset, which we're, we're trying to figure out. So we will let you guys know what will be coming up in the lineup. But you guys have a great week and uh, enjoy all your TV. Bye. Bye. Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. Theme music and production for TV My Husband Hates is by Jimmy Sims. Yeah.